860-KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Tuesday here on Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And thank you for electing to spend some of your morning with us as Trent and I talk the world of sports with you for the next couple of hours. Uh, coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, bottom of the hour, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He's a Northwestern grad, I assume at some point that'll make his way into the conversation, but he chronicles the NFL at the Sporting News and it's trade deadline day. So we will uh, pick Vinny's brain on what he's hearing, what the latest is. A uh, three o'clock central uh, trade deadline day in the NFL. Look, it's a big deal in some of the other major sports. It has started to gain some traction in the NFL, Trent, yeah. over the last couple of years. It was uh, it was like any other day for, for the longest time. Uh, but we're seeing some guys move, and uh, we'll see if there's any big moves with the teams that move our needle, the four needle movers here uh, in central Iowa. Uh, pay attention, I would think, to the Chiefs of the four. Maybe okay. the Bears get involved. I hope not. You hope not? No. Uh, I mean, listen, my team got some huge news yesterday. The Broncos, have you heard? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my neck. My neck, it hurts. Joe Flacco is out, thus, I think, eliminating any chance that they're going to stumble their way to a victory. You hate to cheer for injuries. No, I'm not cheering for an injury. Or joke about injuries, but is this a real injury? I don't know. <laughs> you, you know where I'm going here. Because yeah, no, I hope it's, I hope it's a long-term It was injury. right after our show finished up. And I saw it, and the first thing that popped into my head, is this real? Well, I watched the game. Now, I know that you are you were locked on your Bears, mm-hmm. and I was locked into my Broncos and Colts. And they <laughs> Boy, did... did we see a couple oh, of fun really, ones. right? <laughs> at least, well, I was going to say, both of them had a little drama at the end, yeah, right? Yeah. Yours was a missed field goal. Vinatieri made a field goal for the Colts to make it. So there was some drama in them, at least. But they, they uh, shot, uh, cut to the sidelines at a couple of points in the football game, and they showed a trainer working on Flacco's neck Mm -hmm. during the game. So there's something there. But someone by the name of Brandon Allen is going to lead the Broncos to a uh, 2-14 record, hopefully. But that's what you're rooting for. Fingers crossed. Former Razorback. Well, he knows bad football. That's a good point. Boy, and that's a bad football team. They haven't won an SEC game yet under Chad Morris. I thought that was a great hire. Didn't they get blank last year? Yeah. I think they did. Yeah. He hasn't won a game yet as coach in the SEC. Now, he guaranteed victory this week. Well, I'm not even sure they're playing. Mississippi State, maybe? I don't even know they're playing. But I did see that he guaranteed a victory. So, anyways, uh, Arkansas Razorback football making its its first appearance. Mark that off your bingo card. (laughs) Indeed. so we're going to talk to Vinny Iyer at the bottom of the hour, and I look forward to that. He's, uh, he's Again, this is our Jeopardy contestant. He actually won twice uh, on Jeopardy, got knocked out in round three, and we picked Vinny's brain when that dude was uh, from Las Vegas. What was his name? The guy that had this, all the success, the sports wager. Jeopardy James? Jeopardy James. James Hullwitzer? Yeah, Hull. it starts with an H for yeah. sure. Um, but anyway, so Vinny's going to join us. We look forward to talking to him at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk some baseball at 11 o'clock. It is, in fact, game six of the World Series. It is the last game. Game, Trent, is it the last game? I hope of not. Baseball? I hope not either, but is it? Look, it's Verlander no. who has not been yeah. good in the playoffs. And that gives me at least a little bit hope. Look, if I would bet on this game individually, what would I'd, you do? I'd probably take a fire at the Nats, but I'm already invested on them to win the series. Right. So because of that, 
I don't know. It's, it's not a hedging opportunity. And and how big of a favorite are the Astros? Two plus two. I mean, minus two. What? Uh, minus two twenty for tonight. Yes. Minus one seventy. Well, see, it's not as high as I thought. No. It was so that. plus one fifty is all you get on the Nats. And that's Strasburg. See, I thought it'd be bigger than that. I did too. Well, still, regardless, maybe we got that game price is worth a little bit on the Astros buying back. Yeah, it would be a be a, be a well. But then you that get to price. game seven, and then you're mm-hmm. kind of basically I take away all the value I had on the Nationals before the series. You're correct. You'd be you'd, uh, yeah. You get um, you win nothing, right? Yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah. yes. Uh, so I hope that uh, there's a we hope that there's a game seven, but we'll talk about game six tonight at eleven o'clock, and then Zuba Mahente back from vacation, and he will slide on in here. We will go around the world of sports with uh, Zuba at eleven twenty. We talked about this yesterday regarding game day as to you know where they were going to set up in Memphis, and mm-hmm. there was speculation that Beale Street would be the ideal spot, but it's so far removed from the stadium. Well, they're going to be on Beale Street. They're going to be on Beale yeah. Street. It's the backdrop that you right. want. You're going to Memphis, right. that's where you want to be. For And it's not the... I mean, if you've been to New Orleans, and see, this is probably where I came off as a... Because um, I wasn't impressed. I was not either. But have you been to have you been to Bourbon Street? Yes. And that's... You know, if that's what you're looking for, that kind of stays with you, right? Because yeah. it's block after block after block. Mm-hmm. And Beale Street's... I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of blocks of it, but it's... Yeah. Three, four, five blocks. It's... I, I guess I thought I I, I maybe had to, my expectations were Bourbon Street. I got Beale Street. Bourbon Street is and it was freezing cold too. Not clean by any means, but the dirtiness of Memphis. But you know what, Trent? And, and you're right about that. But I, and I've been up early in the morning because I stayed in a hotel. In fact, when it's crazy. What's today? The 29th of October. Uh-huh. I got married today. Oh, happy anniversary! Thank you to my first wife. It was, oh, what well, year was it? 1987. Maybe not quite as happy. No, but I have a son out of it, so I'm very That's grateful great. for that. Um, but we stayed in a hotel right on Bourbon Street, and they actually water the streets in the mm-hmm. morning. They get up and they spray they hose them all down. the puke and all the the, the horse dung and mm-hmm. everything else that's uh, part of that. But they do their best to try and spruce it up a little bit. But Beale Street, maybe it was the time of year. It was. It was. We got there. Did we get there Christmas night or the day after Christmas? I don't remember. Right around there, anyways. Right. And I was just underwhelmed. For the Iowa State Bowl game yes. a couple of years ago. Yeah, against Memphis. We went during the summer a couple of years back, and we went to Nashville for a couple of days and stopped for a day in and Memphis. I guess on there's way no back comparison, through. because Nashville, oh, apparently, by yeah. all accounts. Now, we had a little girl at the time. Ella was like a year old. And so we didn't hit the streets real hard at night, but we did during the day, and we walked around and checked everything out. I mean, night and day difference. Mm-hmm. Nashville clean well put together city there's the party scene there but it is it's a nice place memphis a little rougher around the edges yeah it was uh, and we stayed right down there we stayed mm-hmm. uh, like a block from beale street um we and, stayed at the peabody and watched the ducks yeah we saw that i was blown away by that not the not by the ducks but by how many people <laughs> were would get there early to stake out their place so they could get a good view i mean trent we were five or six deep and i found myself thinking a, what am I doing here? <laughs> B, what are all the rest of these people? Now, Iowa State, the team stayed there. That's where the Cyclones uh-huh. stayed for the bowl. So I get why there would be a bunch of Cyclone fans around, but um, I don't know. Anyways, really touristy. It is. It is. Be a good time. Cool backdrop, though. It'll be yeah, so someplace to different. Be. Place to be. Glad that they're doing it. Minneapolis I mean, the week after, or still Tuscaloosa? No, I think they're going to go to Minneapolis. Yeah. I think they're going to the Twin Cities. Did you see the couple... The Oregon fans that have been to every game day that year, they look like they were maybe in their 50s, 60s. Yeah, they just showed a cutaway of them on Saturday 
uh, when they're in Brookings. And no, they, I didn't see them. Must be, I don't know, maybe just recently retired and yeah. college football fans. Nice. That's a fun, that is. fun way to do things. Mm-hmm. If you got the discretionary income to do it. And you want to see the country. Yes, absolutely. And they're probably going to outposts they weren't exactly expecting throughout the year. <laughs> right, right. You, you map it out before the season. You think you got a kind of good feel. They probably thought they were going to be in Jacksonville this week. Nope, you're going to Memphis. Last week, they certainly didn't anticipate they are going to be in Brooklyn, South Dakota. So did they drive or fly? Or did, I think did they, they did drive. They I wonder if they have an RV, maybe. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the full explanation of it. That would be pretty cool. That's a good idea. I like that one. Yeah. It's, um, look at that. Uh, That's when you get just going to gotta that hit age, the lottery. You just got to hit the lottery. So do I, and I'm at that age. Anyways, I, I hope the uh, Natties hit the lottery tonight. They they get the DH back. Uh, Strasburg, Verlander. Verlander hasn't been great. I'm um, I'm locked and loaded on this one tonight. There's really nothing that's going to jump in the way. My Jets are on the West Coast, so they won't start to late, and by then we'll have a pretty good grasp of what's going on uh, with the game. Monday night game last night, Trent, was... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah. it was football. It was football. I guess it was football. Boy, what has happened to that Steelers team? Well, I mean, they're not going to the ben. playoffs. They're I three guess. and four. Yeah, they're they're not. right in the mix of the AFC. Yeah, I guess. So I, I posted to you last week. Do we already know the AFC playoff teams? The six that are in. Um, no, I think that there's there's going to be a wild card surprise. There's a wild card surprise. So who do you like out of Jacksonville, Tennessee? Pittsburgh, Oakland. Or Buffalo. Buffalo's already in. They're one of the locks. You think so? Oh, absolutely. They're 5-2. Well, and two. They're yeah, fine. But, but Houston's going to... Houston, the, the loser of Houston Colts is getting one. Right. So if you're, if you're, if you're sticking by that premise that the AFC is set... It's set. I'm going to throw out Buffalo. Buffalo's out. I'm going to throw... With that defense? Some, yeah, but that defense got exploited last yeah, week. Yeah, it's a game. Games All happen. Right. Well, we'll see. I hope it's not determined. We're halfway through the season. I guess your point, you've said that. You did say that last week. Buffalo still has games against Washington, Cleveland, win, win, Miami, win, Pittsburgh, win, the Jets, win. Oh, my God. Buffalo's they're gonna, in. They're going to win 10 football games. Houston, though they lose Watt yesterday, we right. find out that. They news. use Watt every year, though. <laughs> he's he's, trend, he's finished on the IR yeah. three out of the last four years. He's played half the games in the last four years, and he's owed a ton of money. Here's something yeah. to watch in the offseason. You know, is, is our J.J. Watson, look what he's done for that city, but it's a business. You know, when, uh, what was this, the, uh, Katrina? Is that the one that went through? The, I get my hurricanes mixed up. Uh-huh. Uh, was it Katrina? Or yeah. What, was Katrina no, 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 in New no, no, Orleans. No. That New was Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. Well, whatever the one was, and I apologize, I should know this, but I, uh, 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 the catastrophic hurricane that went through, look what J.J. Watt did drawing that mm-hmm. city together, the millions of dollars that were raised. They got a decision. I mean, the face of that franchise might be uh, getting his mail in a different city if he continues to play because there's got to come a point in his life where how many, how many years can you rehab? And this is yeah. significant rehab. And when he comes back, he's still fine. He's still, yeah. you know, so many times these injuries become so debilitating mm-hmm. and the guys just completely fall off a cliff. It's not the case with what? Is he the same guy when he was at his peak? No, but he's still a very effective right. player. No, you're right. But then he gets hurt. Every year. Every single year. And and they're all different injuries, too. Yeah. They're different injuries. This one, a pectoral muscle, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, not not good for him. All right. So you could put out an interesting tweet this morning. I want to spend some time on it just because uh, and your, you know, the, with, your tweet was with another idle week for Iowa and Iowa State. Here's a look ahead at some of the point spreads. I'm glad you did that. Uh, and this is Elite Sportsbook, who was, uh, they're based over in, they've got three properties yep. in the state. Grand River Falls? That's Where up the in, hell is that? Up in Larchwood? You ever been to Larchwood? No, I have no idea. So it must be north if you're it's, saying up in. It's north of Sioux City, like an hour. 
So it's on the northwestern part it's of the state. It's way up in the corner. Okay. You're right at, I mean. So you're right at the Minnesota, Falls South the, Dakota border? Yes, yeah. Sioux Falls would be the closest city to there. I think it's like 45 minutes from Sioux Falls mm-hmm. to get there. And uh, Sioux City about an hour south, if my northwest Iowa geography is correct. But yeah, that's way up there. Going to guess not a ton of handle up in that area. Well, I mean, I don't know. Did you see, um, do you follow PA on Twitter? Uh-uh. Um, so he spent Saturday, because the Vikings were off, he came across the border to the to the casino. Uh, In Northwood? Your, uh, your, your I-80, I-35, what is it? I-35? Yes. What's the name of it? Uh, that's a Diamond Joe. Diamond Joe. That's exactly what it was. Uh, so PA spent the afternoon there. I need to talk to uh, some of my peeps back home. I'm sure they probably ran into PA well, over the weekend. So, but point being is, is there's probably some South Dakota and some Minnesota residents uh-huh. in that part of the state that, you know, and again, if you sign up for the account, if you want to make right. a bet, you got to get in your car and you got to cross the state border. Mm-hmm. And only when you get like a foot inside the state lines does your, uh, is your account active. So, uh, Something to watch. But anyways, Elite Sportsbook, they have three. Uh, Riverside, the big one. I can't recall the other one. Quad Cities. Yeah, the Quad Cities, right, yeah. right on the interstate there. Right? That's the I-81. Um, I, here's Iowa's first of And all. Elite Sportsbook has done a great job They've of this. done a great job, Trent. They, they have had divisional yep. odds. They've had all kinds of things. They have really opened up, and I think they understand maybe best inside the state borders what the people inside right. the state of Iowa, what they want. Got to play the hits. They have had, since before the season began, Every all twelve games for each team, mm-hmm. what the point spread is, and it fluctuates throughout sure. the year depending on what happens to both Iowa and Iowa State and their opponents. But they have had this and had the betting availability for every single one of the games. They had divisional odds for the Big Ten West, something that do they have basketball up yet? Good question. I can take a quick peek here and see if they do. But they've done a really good job of this of going out there and going above and beyond what is just the well. Here's the point spread for the game right. this week. Right. Going a little bit deeper. I, I really enjoyed what they've done over there. I'll see if I can find some basketball gotcha. things. But we do know the final four games for each team currently what the point spread is. And All you right. can bet on this. And, and you can if you have an elite, if you've stopped by one of the uh, elite sports book properties. And here's the good news about that. Starting January 1st, 2000, now it's a ways away, mm-hmm. but 2021, you're not going to, you're going to be able to sit in your living room and sign up for your favorite sports book. So there's no reason for you not to grab them all. And if elite sports book continues, in my opinion, to be one of the, um, you know, the, 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 the front runners in this area, as you mentioned, putting the point spreads out there on all of them, they're going to get some. They're going to get some play. They're no going to get some customers. Wisconsin's a seven-point favorite over Iowa. Now that's an elite. So when the line comes out, say William Hill or DraftKings, the two semi-close ones, um, will Wisconsin be a bigger favorite? Than I think seven? so. I think you'll see it a tick higher. Again, mm-hmm. remember their biggest property, Riverside, right. and the Quad Cities, two yep. very predominantly Hawkeye hotbeds that you're talking about here. Maybe more in that eight range, mm-hmm. eight and a half, something Do like that. You think that. that's a good number? At that point, because I would Camp think about Randall's, because here's the thing with this with this number, Trent, that that's telling you or telling us that if the game was on a neutral field, Wisconsin's a very tepid favorite. Absolutely, this thing's more of a not quite pick 'em, but, but it's, pretty damn close. Yeah, you know, one, Camp two. Randall's probably a five and a half point. I would think so, like point point, point and a half, and especially for a three o'clock game as opposed to eleven o'clock game. As somebody that's been to many games at Camp Randall, the eleven o'clock environment sucks. Does it? The students don't get there until. Third quarter. <laughs> right. They, they just don't. It doesn't matter how big the game is. Mm-hmm. You know, being up there for Barry Alvarez's last home game. When did they show get up. in? The third quarter. Mm. Yeah, they'll start to. And, of course, Iowa won that football game and send Barry out as a loser in that one, something that was a shocker. But that's 
the Camp Randall environment might be one of the most overrated environments in college See, football. that surprises me because Madison is such a wonderful town. It is. I would People just, don't want to go to the game. They want to stay in the nice? bars. They want to uh, stay in the bars. Uh, Minnesota is a seven and a half point dog. Hawks favored by seven and a half. That surprised you. A it's few done. people on Twitter, it surprised them. I, You're this, not buying Minnesota. You, what don't you like about them? Who they've played? Mm-hmm. I'm not a big believer that Tanner Morgan is a great quarterback. No, he's not, by any means. He's been good against bad competition. He hasn't been bad. That's the, the story on Tanner Morgan. And for the Gopher fans out there, and I've been hearing from you a lot on Twitter, this isn't me ripping on the Gopher. Remember, I was the one, after they were winning these close games earlier in the you year, were. trying to tell you, yes. slow down. This is something that is impressive for the Gophers. Right, because normally they lose they those They lose games. those football games. That's and true. I told you, you not to jump you off did. the bandwagon, and you stayed on. Mm-hmm. I still well, think... I watched that offensive line the first two weeks, yes. and I could have got to the quarterback. That right tackle, he's 400 pounds. He's huge, but he's he can't slow. move. Right, like he's, he's in cement. Do you like Iowa's matchup with Golson and Epinesa against him? Well, I would have in the first two weeks of the season, <laughs> for sure. But the other running backs are back. I think that's going to be a good football I game. I think it will be, too. I think that's They a haven't won coin in Kinnick in two decades. Right. And that's, yeah, I think, it was, was it Ferentz's first year? 1999. Or yeah, there you go. And I will push them in that game. Uh, Illinois. The game is at Kinnick, and, you know, Illinois is only getting two touchdowns. Now, they're, they're, that was the one that was a surprise to me. But Illinois' arrow's pointing up, it at least the last is. couple of weeks. And then Nebraska, they'll go to Nebraska, and I will get to uh, uh, Lincoln as a three and a half point favorite. Now, fair, again. Fair number? I'm anxious to see what it comes out at here. And yeah. then I'm also more anxious to see what it comes out in Council Bluffs. Oh, that'll be a fun right. one to, to track. How Huskers minus seven. For, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's black. Look, I, I honestly believe that they will get to that game needing it for bowl eligibility. For Nebraska. For Nebraska, right. I mean, I was obviously there already. Uh, here's Iowa State. So we know that they're going to get... Uh, they're going to get 16 and a half when they go to Norman. Now, both of the schools are off this week, and both of them are coming off bye weeks. Uh, what Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy's last couple of weeks. Concerning? Uh, no, not yet. Just a shaky stretch. Yes. Not time to hit the panic no, button, but no. he can't get away with some of the throws that he's trying to They have to figured do. him out, seemingly. Defensive coordinators have not maybe figured him out, but they have an idea how they're going to scheme against him. If you're going to pressure him, you're pressuring him up the middle. Up the middle. Make those defensive ends. Keep the pocket. Keep contain. Absolutely. That's what you do outside, and then you bring the pressure up the gut. Yep. Or you're dropping eight. And we, Iowa State started and, this blueprint. Right. And, and, and now it's kind of, is it coming yes, back to bite absolutely. Texas yeah. Tech dropped eight into coverage yeah. a lot this past week at Oklahoma State, too. Uh, Texas, they're going to, they're going to be at home and they're going to give Texas three. Now, I've come around on this game because prior to the season, I thought this was a no way. Yeah. I, I look, I was buying Sam Ellinger. He's going to be a Heisman candidate. And he's still good. He's still good, but there's, there's so many injuries on that team. There's just something lacking. Their defensive on this backfield. Team. Well, think about what we're saying. They were playing like their seventh string cornerback, what was nuts. that, two, three weeks ago? And they're starting to get a little bit healthier, but mm-hmm. they're bad on that side of the football. I, I don't understand it, Trent. They Gave should have one five-star after another, right? They do, but even if you stack up a bunch, some aren't going to hit, and then you're playing those guys that didn't hit. Now there's one that's not hitting the under center in, uh, uh, in Evanston. <laughs> very true, very uh, true. But uh, three points is a spread. Texas still favored by three. Texas favored, but you know what? I like Iowa. I, I wish they can win that football game, no, no. and I didn't think that that was the situation. Kansas is getting 20 and a half. Give me the Jayhawks. All day long. I'm with you. Iowa State's going to win what the football we, game. What are we saying here? No, listen. 
I know. Since they fired their offensive coordinator, yes. Kansas is a much better football team. And to wrap it up, the clones are going to go on the road and take on Kleiman and company, and they're going to uh, have to give four and a half points for that one. That game, too. This is like like Nebraska, you know, playing for bowl eligibility in the final week of the regular season. That could be the Purple Cats. When we get to that game, Kansas State right now, they're 5-2. and two. Of course, the big win. They get Kansas this week. We talked about that yesterday. We're both excited about that one. This is what K-State has left. Because they very well themselves. Yep. They have a path to be 9-2 and two going into that game. What? At Kansas this week. Hang on a second. You think K-State. K-State's got a chance to be 9-2? and two? They're 5-2 and two right now. 9-2. Okay, so I've had them in the fight for bowl eligibility, so go ahead. At Kansas this week. Tough, but, but, but should win. win, yes. At Texas. Loss. Home for West Virginia. Yeah, seven. Texas Tech. Mm, yeah, maybe. And then the Iowa State I see team. where you're coming from. If they, if they beat Texas, that's what it comes down this Kansas State team still could be playing in that one, mm-hmm. not for bowl eligibility. That's yeah, what we talked really about nice this summer. Bowl. Instead, them playing to get to the Big 12 championship game. No. They have the tiebreaker no. against Oklahoma. They'd have the tiebreaker against Texas. No. <laughs> K-State, wow. Baylor, Big 12 championship. Get your tickets now. Wouldn't that be a dud? Oh. And I think it's early in the morning. It right? is 11, 11 o'clock. Yep. I think that's the first one to come out. Wow, K State! Look at that, five and two, same record. Well, no, Iowa State's five and three. K State's got Kansas this week. Yes, they do. So, anyways, uh, going to be a fun. Looked at uh, two thirds of the season is behind us. We're inside the final third. Uh, four games left for both schools. Massive, huge, huge, huge. Both of the uh, the bowl projections I saw yesterday. I know you know you hate them. I don't. <laughs> but it's November. We finally get our first playoff unveiled next Tuesday, a week from tonight, right? Right. I the th- thing that I don't like about the bowl projections is the people that put them out and don't know how it's actually done. Sure. They just all right. This team has this record. Mm-hmm. It's going to slot down. Oh, well, they played there last year, or right. they played there within the window. Now we have a lot of the conferences that you can only play there once every five or six years. Well, they put them in there. That's the thing that drives me nuts because there's so many people that don't do projections and they don't do them correctly. Where would Hawkeye, where, I'm gonna, you, you represent Hawkeye Nation. All right. Here. Where does, um, so if you could, you could go to the Gator Bowl. No. Or you could go to the Holiday Bowl. Yes. That, that's the answer. I mean, is, is there Florida fatigue, as strange as that sounds? I think so. I think that's a part of it. They've been to Tampa so many times before. I think if they would get the Citrus Bowl, A, it'd mean Iowa had a really good season, mm-hmm. and it's Orlando as opposed to mm-hmm. Tampa. But Different. there's Gator Bowl stuff out there, Trent. A lot of it. And Jacksonville, there's just something about and, that and Jacksonville when were they destination. There? It wasn't too long ago, right? Five 2014? years? Five years ago. And they didn't show up for that one. Right, that's for sure they didn't show that up. That was, I believe, on the heels of that's football, Kirk Ferentz after the Nebraska loss. Last time they lost mm-hmm. to the Cornhuskers. So yeah, that would have been 2014. And uh, the Gator Bowl is just there's something about it. It doesn't even feel like Florida. I mean, it's yeah, no, you're, it's I'm like with you. South Georgia, right? It, I, I agree with you 100. percent So the fact that the games are on the 20, the game is on the 27th, does that factor into how the Hawkeye it, fan base will travel? It, it might be. I I would think so. But if I had to take a guess, where would they travel? Where would more people? San go Diego to? probably because you never get to California. And Unless it's the Rose Bowl. This is the last time that the Holiday Bowl is Correct. part of the rotation right now with the Big Ten. And everybody we talk to tells reminds us how how badly that the Holiday Bowl is clamoring for Iowa. Historic. Iowa's had a lot of success there. They yep, played a lot of absolutely. games there. Hayden Fry is in the Holiday mm-hmm. Bowl Hall of Fame. 
you got a lot of factors that would lead into. Plus, it's San Diego, right? San the Diego Kings lost some luster. Oh, absolutely. But it's still San Diego. I'm yeah. with you. Now, conversely, Iowa State. Boy, there's the um, Texas the Camping Bowl. World Bowl seems to be out. Mm, out. Yeah. There's a lot of Cheez It Bowl in Phoenix on the 27th. Seen some Texas Bowl. The, some he, Texas the game Bowl in Houston. In Houston. Yep. Opposite. And what's that matchup against? Is it like Conference USA, something like that, or is it an SEC matchup? Uh, let me look. Speaking of that, I just speaking of projections, I saw there's a real possibility the SEC might only have seven bowl eligible teams. Really? And if that's the case, and you get down in those pecking orders, all of a sudden you're talking about instead of playing even a a South Carolina, you know, a a lower level SEC team, mm-hmm. you're taking on somebody from the Sun Belt mm-hmm. or Conference USA. Are you going to go Big to Twelve SEC is Texas? But if they get down there in the pecking order and it's Somebody's not filled... Gonna, yeah, they're going to have to find somebody. All right, here comes UNC Charlotte. Really? Going to get down to Houston for that one? Or Appalachian State or somebody. These happy states good. Yeah, they are good. Uh, so is Vinny I. We're going to talk to him. We're going to give away... Uh, be listening. Your cue to calls coming up. Or your cue to text in this case coming up here uh, momentarily. Vinny Iyer on the NFL. Um, I haven't seen... I've been kind of... As we've been just having our chat here, scanning Twitter. I haven't seen any trades break, but um, we'll see as the day wears on if indeed there is some movement in the uh, NFL. All right, let's do this, Trent. <laughs> It's time to put another $1,000. Speaking of bull games, how about that bull bankroll? It could use a grand, I'm assuming. Uh, simply text the keyword YOGA to 200-200 right now. YOGA to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text. Well, standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News joins Miller and Condon next. Trent and I are here with you until noon. It's just as well as 26 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you here until noon. Let's get to Vinny Iyer, shall we? Sportingnews.com. Vinny's kind of, I wonder if he's sitting back thinking, did he wake up early thinking he's going to have a busy day with all these oh. trade deadlines? Or, Well, let's ask him. Vinny Trenton, Ken in Des Moines, thanks for coming on. Good to talk to you, Vinny Iyer. Are you going to be busy today uh, recapping all of these trades, or is it going to come and go like so many in the past have come and gone? Well, I think a lot of the notable deals probably have already happened. That's the thing. Uh, these are not going to be earth-shattering deals. I mean, they're going to be little guys that can uh, tweak teams here and there. I mean, last time we saw a real blockbuster, which uh, changed the franchise with his Jimmy Garoppolo deal a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll see anything at that level. Part of the holdup is some of these teams have unreasonable asking prices for some players, like A.J. Green and uh, O.J. Howard and uh, Trent Williams. And teams are only going to give them so much. If they're trying to make a move and they know someone's a free agent or someone's in a decline and the team wants to move on from them, they're only going to do so much. You're not going to have many cases where you have Bill Belichick liking a particular player's skill set like Mohamed Sanu and willing to pay up for that, knowing what he can get. So if you can find one of those and pay up extra for someone's services, you're going to take it. I mean, the Jets really couldn't refuse that offer for Leonard Williams, especially a player they're not going to sign. Well, it's a good move for the Giants, a younger player that still has some upside, really fits their defense. So 
sometimes we look at buyers and sellers, but sometimes you can have uh, sellers uh, selling to other sellers as well. You know, you mentioned uh, Trent Williams, the fine left tackle for the Redskins, still sitting out, still has yet to play football this year. The asking price may be going down, but it's a conversation I think we've had before, Vinny. I know Ken and I have talked about it. What's Washington doing here? This is a team that is going absolutely nowhere. The rebuilding process starts now. Just try to get something right. I, I just try to take me down the path of thinking here for Washington and why they won't trade this guy. Well, I think part of it is pettiness, and part of it is uh, probably asking for something ridiculous right now. He's a guy that has had some injury issues. He's getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. So you can't really just say, right, he's the elite tackle from three or four years ago that you're paying for and ask for that in return. Now, we saw a player like Minka Fitzpatrick, who's a young player who's in his prime here, helping a team like the Steelers, and he was certainly worth a first-round pick. But here you have a player that's kind of on the decline here that still can help a team. You can't really get left tackles anywhere else other than the draft, uh, usually. So when you think about that, then okay, he should be coveted, but the team wants to know what they're getting. There's been some ambiguity about how healthy he is, and part of that is the Redskins' own doing. So they might have to sell for something lesser, and I think that's probably what the holdup is right now. And also a team trying to fit his uh, big salary in their cap at the moment. Vinny, you did a deep dive yesterday on the Bears and Cam Newton. And look, it, uh, it, it seems like the Trubisky thing is, is not going to end uh, on a positive note. I, I'm going to be dead wrong about this one. A lot of people are. I thought Trubisky was going to take steps forward this year. He hasn't. In fact, if anything, he's gone backward. I get that he's been injured and he missed some time that way. But Cam Newton seems to have fallen out of favor uh, you, you broke down the salary cap and how this could fit, and I thought the most interesting part of your equation was, and I, and I believe you're right, if indeed that a Cam Newton or a quarterback of his ilk is going to you know, come to Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky has to be going the other way. I mean, I don't think Trubisky can, you know, that the writing would be on the wall at that point if they're you know, bringing somebody in the middle of the season. To help our audience out, because there's a lot of Bears fans here, Vinny, how that would work. Yeah, I mean, you simply can't afford those two contracts. I mean, that's the bottom line. You have limited space there, but if you move the Trubisky deal and you had a chance to rerun some other contracts, then you could bring Cam Newton in for the value that he's at there for in 2020 and then restructure his contract. So, but it doesn't work unless you move on from Trubisky's final year of his rookie deal. So, I mean, that's just the way the math works. I mean, also... Why do you need Trubisky at that point? If you made a deal for right. Cam Newton, uh, you should be moving on. That's an indication that you're not going to re-sign Trubisky. You don't need him on your roster. Maybe some team will see his upside elsewhere. Uh, there's plenty of uh, teams probably that would say, hey, we can do something with this guy. He's still young. Get him in our system. Uh, learn, and maybe he can be a valuable piece down the line if we need to uh, have our quarterback retire or all that. So when you look at it, Look at it that way. I think there'll be some mild interest in Trubisky on the other way that they can make a move. They want to move on from him because, again, some people can see the physical talent. I mean, most people can, just putting it all together. And right now, I think an underrated part of this is the system of Matt Nagy hasn't really lived up to really helping Mitchell Trubisky this year either. You know, you see Cam Newton live, what, four or five times a year, seemingly. Um, 
I, I, it's my contention that he hasn't been the same since he decided not to jump on that fumble in Super Bowl 50, which is just was just mind-numbing to me. Look, I'm, as a Bronco fan, I was glad he made that business decision. But it's seemingly been downhill from them. When you watch Cam Newton as often as you do, how, how serious has the decline been, Vinny? Well, I think he has always been what he is. I mean, he's a quarterback that uses his running ability, and he's really hard to stop in that capacity. And once he gets going and rolling and getting moving and throwing the ball with his big arm downfield, he's a freight train. He's really hard to stop. But it's the little things he doesn't do as well, the consistency, the inaccuracy, the efficiency. That part is not always there. So the physical tools are there, but I feel like sometimes the mental aspect of the game lets him down quite a bit. He's kind of out there sometimes playing the playground ball, which can work when you're that physically gifted. You can just be most uh, physical and uh, most athletic guy on the field and make those plays just out of that. But at some point you have to do things within structure, really build on that. And I haven't really seen that. I mean, you look over his career, I think a lot of it is based on just the physical talent. And because they're so big, maybe the fact that uh, no quarterback is maybe coming to the league as completely talented as him, he's gotten away with a lot. And I, I think now it's kind of reaching a plateau because at some point, you see a guy like Matthew Stafford, great physical gifts, but along the way, he learned how to be just a more polished quarterback and just the guy who just throws for a lot of yards and throws deep all the time. Vinny and I are joining us from the Sporting News. Vinny, let's uh, jump into our neighbors to the north, the Vikings, 6-2, and two, but with what's happening in the NFC, of course, in the division with the Packers and their hot start, you always have the hoopla surrounding the Dallas Cowboys, the undefeated 49ers, and New Orleans going back and forth with the injury to Breeze and now back out there. This Vikings team sits 5-2, and two, but very under the Six radar. 6-2. and, two. Six and two. They are top 10 in DVOA in both offensive and defensive efficiency. This is a really good team. How good can they be? Is this a team you believe is a contender in the NFC? Definitely. I mean, they have everything you want. I mean, you have uh, the running game, you have quarterback play that's really good this year yeah and you got a defense that they still have more holes than people think but still a lot of veterans on there who can make plays and certainly take over games with their pass rush when needed so when you look overall i mean this is a very talented team i think everyone's been waiting for them to put it together i mean this was a little bit of a lost year last year post case keenum figuring out things with cousins and the offense and all that but now they're back where we thought they might be last year so Big game against the Chiefs this week. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest wild card in this one is Patrick Mahomes going to play because I feel like if Patrick Mahomes doesn't, you really feel good about the Vikings' chances going in there. The Chiefs have lost three straight at home. They really, I don't think, have any answers for Dalvin Cook as a runner or receiver in this game. So there's that. But all of a sudden, if you have Mahomes on the other side, it puts a lot of pressure on the Vikings' defense as well. It could be a high-scoring game. And then you get to the point of, Kirk Cousins in a tough game against another quarterback of a high level, is he going to deliver there? So I think that Lions game was an important one. That was a game typically they might lose on the road going back and forth, but Kirk Cousins had to play at a high level to beat Matthew Stafford, and he saw that. So I think that's inspiring to think that maybe he's turned the corner with this whole big game narrative this year. 
You know, I want to go a little bit more in depth with you on the Chiefs, Vinny, because um, I can't figure them out. I honestly thought that this was going to, and they still may, may well be, but this was a team that's going to, you know, to take the mantle from the Patriots and and carry that mantle for the next couple of years. I can't figure them out. One and three at home. I get the Mahomes wasn't there against the Packers, having trouble stopping the run. I thought that this was clearly the best team in the AFC. What are the Chiefs missing in your mind? Is it strictly the, you know, they're, they're good offensively, especially with Mahomes, but that defense just has too many questions to be considered a legitimate Super Bowl threat? Yeah, I mean, that's the concern with me. It's still the defense. But the one thing I would say, the defense is playing a little bit better than Steve Spagnuolo. Learned how to push the buttons a little bit better with his team, when to blitz, when not to blitz. I think he's been forced to blitz, mainly because you don't have Chris Jones. You don't have Frank Clark now. You don't have Kendall Fuller in the back. So you've got to do something there to disrupt the team's offensive rhythm. They, I think he did a pretty good job against Green Bay. I mean, he took a few playground games by Aaron Rodgers. They found one matchup they liked with the running back against on the linebacker. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was the death of the yep. Chiefs' defense in that game. So when you look at it, I think he's doing his best scheming, but I think he's just very limited right now. He's rotating in linebackers. They don't have a lot of great play in the secondary right now. They really need Clark and Jones to be healthy together to get after the quarterback the way they would like, especially without D. Ford and Justin Houston now. They're, they're not walking through that door hmm. to help with any pass rush. So that's going to be the concern going forward. And right now, I mean, you look at the Patriots. I mean, they have a great screen game. They get their backs involved. They can run the ball up the middle. It, the way they want. They can throw the ball short and deep. So I don't think right now the Chiefs match up very, very well against the Patriots. And right now we, we saw them, we saw them, they didn't match up very well against the Colts. They were able to beat the Ravens. So that brings a lot of question marks in this uh, upper tier of AFC teams. Vinny, final thing for me, your MVP uh, as we hit the halfway point, and then crystal ball it for us. When we get to the end of the season, who do you think is going to be the MVP? Yeah, this one was tough because I had Patrick Mahomes early and then I liked Russell Wilson, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to uh, turn to Aaron Rodgers now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, 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 just, you just look at the way he's played the last two weeks and just some of the limitations they have. Injuries across the offensive line. Um, I know they're running the ball well and all that, but no Devontae Adams. He's still doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just going to get the vote. I mean, he's a guy that's won a couple of MVPs, if he starts playing up to his level like this consistently, it's going to be hard to deny him another MVP. Indeed. Uh, Vinny, when will, the, when will the country start to believe in this Niners team? They're unbeaten. I don't know what their weakness is. I don't. They can run the football. They're, they've got, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders to help the receiving game. There might be another trade coming uh, with the receiver spot. Obviously, Kittle's the best tight end in the league, according to Gronkowski and others. Nick Bosa's not only the defensive rookie of the year, he might be the defensive player of the year. Why isn't the country seemingly um, buying into this Niners team? I think they slowly are. I think people want to see a little bit more with who they've played, and they'll get that. Don't worry about it. (laughs) You'll see them play the Packers and Seahawks and uh, really uh, get challenged here in the second half of the season. Uh, So we'll we'll know how good the 49ers team is in the the end. But you just have to say, when a team runs for 200 yards rather easily and dominates you on both sides of the line, and they're not even fully healthy right now. Keep that in mind. Uh, Joe Staley and Mike Leblinty, they're two tackles have been out the past few weeks, and they're still doing this. So they they can actually get better as the season goes on. And uh, 
Nick Bosa, again, I wrote a piece on him. I think he's not only the defensive rookie of the year, but also the defensive player of the I'm year. with you. Last guy that has done that is Lawrence Taylor, so you know how good he is now. Yeah, I wasn't sure he was going to be better than his brother, and his brother was really good in his own right. But man, they're both good. All right, we can't get you. We can't let you out of here, Vinny. With uh, um, not rubbing salt in the wound, but boy, that Northwestern offense, Vinny. And look, they've spoiled. They've spoiled Northwestern alum and their fans over the last few years. Fitzgerald has done a great job, Vinny. This offense, I've never seen as offense as inept uh, as the one that took on Iowa this past week. Um, just they're just bad offensively now, Vinny. Did you see this coming? I didn't see it going this far. I mean, actually, right now I looked at it, and uh, they are the worst offense scoring-wise in FBS. That's right, the entire FBS. Mm. Uh, behind Akron now, averaging <laughs> slightly less than Akron, 10.7 points a game. So uh, that's not going to get it done in 2019 where everyone is scoring <laughs> with yeah. no problems. And uh, I, I just look at this team, and maybe it'll force a change. They've been trying to play these conservative battles of attrition to try to get by with it for so long. But you knew the wheels could come off at any point if they had some quarterback regression, which they obviously were going to have, whoever it was from Clayton Thorson. So right now, you just have to dig deep and say, look, we've got to change our identity a little bit. We've got to keep up and uh, throw the ball across the field and uh, figure that out. And uh, they have a good recruiting class next year, so I think the key for them right now is to just finish strong, save pace, and uh, – the second half schedule certainly can allow for that. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. Read him at sportingnews.com. Trade deadline today, 3 o'clock Central. Vinny will be all over it should there be a need. Vinny, thank you. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it, Vinny Iyer. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer uh, from the Sporting News. Trent, it's Northwestern. They're 1-6. and six. Mm-hmm. What, Where are they going to? Are they 4-8? and eight? Probably. Schedule certainly ramps up. Well, they got, they're at Indiana this weekend. Don't look now. Indiana's good. I tried to tell you last week this team's going to win eight games. They're going to win eight games. Um, they're not going to win nine. No, probably not. They're not going to beat any of the heavy heads. Purdue, UMass, Minnesota, at Illinois. They might win three games. Where, where's the guaranteed win? At Indiana, home to Purdue, UMass is the guaranteed win. That is, yes. Okay. They're awful. Uh, but of the Big Ten slate, Purdue, uh, Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois. Where's the guaranteed win there? Go to Illinois. Illinois might be playing for bowl eligibility at that point. And Pat Fitzgerald in a season where nothing has gone right, he'd like to have that motivating play, I bet, at the end of the season, though. Oh, yeah, to knock them out, you mean? Yeah, the neighbors to the south, they're 5-6. and six. Illini need a win to get bowl eligible. Illini, don't look, do you know they're favored by three touchdowns this week? Now they play Rutgers. Oh, he scared me for a moment. But if they beat Rutgers and they will, they've got three games to win one. At Michigan State... At Iowa, home to Northwestern. Can they go to a bowl? Yes. I think so, They too. will go to a bowl. I think so, too. We'll go to a break. We'll come back and finish up the hour. It's Miller and Condon till noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Delivery fee supply. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Can you play the harmonica? No. Can you? <laughs> my dad got me one one year for like Christmas in my stocking. Really? It was a disaster. Why would he do that? It's an awful choice out of Larry. It really is. I mean, for kids, the, the worst thing is the recorder. Did you guys oh. have to go through the recorder See, I don't phase? think we ever we had them. My sisters did. 
Oh, it was god-awful instrument. I can only imagine. Oh, just terrible. Just brutal. Hey, you know, we were talking about the Big Ten. We only got a couple of minutes here. So mm-hmm. so Indiana beats Nebraska to become bowl eligible. And then it got really interesting. It, it did. The athletic director yes. after the game. Is For it people, Fred Glass? Is that Fred Glass. Fred Glass, yeah. Glass, the AD at Indiana. So here, apparently, is what's behind it. And it was kind of an innocuous... Scott Frost apparently, now I don't know if this was in the offseason or he was talking to a group of Nebraska boosters. Probably. One of these deals, and he was, he, he was asked about the schedule. And from 2017 through 2021, there are a possibility of, no, it's not a possibility, there will be 15 crossover games three in per that year. period, three per year. And of those 15, they get Indiana once, mm-hmm. just last week, Maryland once, and Rutgers twice. The other 11 are Penn State, Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, and Michigan. And Frost's comment to wherever he was is, you know, why the hell can't we play more Indiana more? That's a fair question. Right? It's inventory. It's inventory. Can Wisconsin say the same thing? Can Iowa say the same thing? Probably You so. want to be a big boy, you got to play at the big boy True, table. True, but seemingly somebody's got to catch that break. And you know what, Nebraska? How about you worry about the West first? Before boy, you, you get all Nebraska, wrapped don't up. You? My God, you well, it's Nebraska. just it's year after year, month after but month. But his point's crap. valid. But Wisconsin's dealt with this. Iowa's dealt with this. No, not to this you extent. Want to play Have a- they dealt to this extent, Iowa? Can you go back through 17 and 21 and find me only four games where they get Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers twice? I believe so. Four? Who's Iowa's crossover that they have played during this stretch every single year? It's been Ohio State for Nebraska. Yeah. Iowa, it's been Penn State. Okay. So who's whining? Well, nobody's whining except for Scott Frost. Well, and I don't think he was whining. He said it at you know in front of a bunch of... And it got back to Indiana, and Indiana used that. I want to check Iowa's, by the way, because I find it hard to believe that they've only played Indiana once, Maryland once, and Rutgers twice, and that's five years. During a five-year stretch. During that five-year stretch, the Frost is... We can look at it. No, it's very easy. I'll look during the break. You might be right. Because there's five against Penn State. Yep. So there's five. You know what? Here, I'm going to add them right now while we're doing this. Do we have time? We do. Uh, well, I don't know what's coming up in 2020 and 21. So seven, 17, they played Penn State, Michigan State, and Ohio State. There's three. Uh, in 18, they played Indiana, Maryland, Penn State. So there's two on the board. This year, they played Rutgers. That's three. So in 2020. Next year, they have Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. So 2021. 2021, they have da, 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 Indiana, four, Penn State, yep. and Maryland. So five. So it's not, it's not a big difference. It's oh, one. poor us. See, hey, I get it now. Get, get your, own, get your own house in order. How about you figure out how to win in the Big Ten West? Then stop, start complaining about the crossovers. Those people but over again, there on that Trent, side of the border. He was preaching to the choir. It's well, not like he got up well. in front of Big Ten media day. This is Nebraska football. You don't need to be complaining about a schedule. Look, it's not the Big Eight. It's not that you have one good game a year that you have to worry about in That's, Oklahoma yeah. and the rest of the conference is crap. This is big boy football. Mm-mm. Play your pants up. Well, figure it, out it how to build some offensive and defensive lines. It is in the big boy football. And go out there. No, don't worry about these. they got to worry about the West. They just got beat by Indiana. Mm-hmm. They need to worry about their own house. And then they can start worrying about crossovers. It's more whining out of that group over there. Boy, you hate them. You absolutely well, hate them. It's just the same thing over and over. Oh, this team, the college football playoff. Here they come. come no, on. nobody bought that. $250,000 bet on them to win the national championship. Yeah, but in the eastern part, I mean the western part of the state. 
Bunch of goobers. Uh, 11 o'clock hours coming up next. We'll talk baseball. It is Game 6 of the World Series tonight. Zach Reimer from Bleacher Report is going to join the program. 11.20, Zubin Mahente, a proud Rutgers fan, will join the program. An alum, uh, 11.24, Zubin. Trent and I are here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.